Eating old or expired food is extremely dangerous. Here's our date. That's a 1947 box of Wheaties. Let's do this. 1930s box of Cracker Jack. You got me Pringles? Oh man. From 1979, no. Harley Davidson wine coolers. 1940s box of Minute Rice. Pepsodent tooth powder. From 1933, a vintage Tootsie Roll from the 60s. This is hardback from the 50th anniversary of the Battle of Gettysburg from 1913. It's 106. We're gonna do Oreos through the decades. I mean, it just smells like my uncle's hunting cabin. <laughs> <laughs> it's been in this can for almost twice our lifetimes. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. I don't see any bugs. Oh. You when you get like a bunch of buses, exhaust smell, like driving behind that trash truck, you just can't get away from the smell. Exactly. <laughs> Is it weird day. that I want another spoonful? <laughs> <laughs> oh. This is awesome. It smells pretty bad. Ugh. My mouth is on fire. What is that? I gotta get some fresh air. This episode of the Opie Radio Podcast, sponsored by BetterHelp.com slash Opie. Join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer now. BetterHelp.com slash Opie. Oh, I'm so excited about this episode. Let's do it. What's up, Josh? What's up, man? How are you? How are you, man? I'm doing well. Yourself? Uh, good. Where are you, in L.A.? Good. I am in L.A., yep. Oh, my God. How's it going out there? Uh, You know, we it, it was good, and then we hit a heat wave, so now we're just stuck inside during a heat wave, but uh, and, you know, everything's all right. I think the heat is going to make everyone say, screw this staying at home thing, and they're going to start wandering outside. They, they're not going to be able to help themselves, right? You are 100% correct. Are you yeah. from LA originally? No, originally from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, PA. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah. It's a pleasure to meet you, my friend. Um, yeah, you too, man. My brother Quinn, he texts me, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago. He goes, dude, okay. you got to see this TV show, Eating History on the History Channel. So I checked it out. And in your words, you got to describe the show. <laughs> So I like to think of it as like this this perfect amalgamation of education and and like risk taking, I guess, because, you know, we we do give you a lot of amazing facts about the food. Yeah, we really do. And you, and you don't think about a lot of these items that you just pick up on a daily basis. Like you just figure Doritos were just there one day. Right. You know, some guy at the Frito-Lay company was just like, we got to put a bunch of cheese on these chips. And everybody's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Uh but, you know, little did we know that they were invented at Disneyland and they've gone through so many different things. I think we add that perfect twist of you could watch a ton of documentaries about food and be like, all right, that was cool. But to see how things hold up over time and see these two lunatics trying them. But then also, you know, we take it pretty seriously. I mean, you have to, because if you don't, 
there's a really solid chance that you're going to get either really sick or die. It's like parts unknown, part bizarre foods, and then part fear factor. <laughs> yeah. Really. And did you know old Smokey before you guys uh, came together for this TV show? He's been doing this a lot longer, at least in the public eye, than I have. You know, I've been hosting different shows and podcasts and um, things of that nature. But, you know, I come from... You know, my dad is a big collector. All my uncles are collectors. We, we went to my uncle, my one uncle's bar in one of the episodes. And so I've tried a bunch of this stuff and done a lot of crazy stuff, but never really on camera per se. But Smokey had been doing, you know, eating a lot of old military rations. He gets his nickname because he was um, collecting vintage tobacco. Old Smokey kind of just yeah, you know, yeah. rolls off the tongue. And a lot of these old military rations which is amazing is they in, you know, in world war two, Korean war up until Vietnam, they were putting cigarettes in military rations. They were putting little five packs of cigarettes in military rations. I, somebody turned me onto his channel and I started watching him eat these military rations, which can be addicting. It is a very fun thing to do. Wait, is just wait, why is it? <laughs> why, why is it addicting? I don't know, man. Like it is, there, there's something almost like ASMR about it. Where yeah. you're just watching yeah. somebody, you're not even looking at their face. They're just like digging into old military. I was like, oh, that's pretty. Yeah. What's right. that like? Right. Oh, instant coffee yeah. from the 70s. Yeah. And so I kind of got into it. And then, um, you know, I reached out to him and I sent him a, a jar of peanut butter that I had that was like from the 80s. Uh, my dad found it at a flea market and thought it was hysterical because it was it was an old jar of Skippy, but it was shaped like a bear. Oh and my so, God. Yeah. you know, randomly enough, Sharp Entertainment, who's the production company behind this show, was working with History Channel, and I posted a video about it on Instagram a little while back, or maybe it was Twitter, and they reached out to me like, hey, we're doing this show, you should come in. And that's when a, um, Smokey and I officially met, was actually at the screen test for the show, along with a few other people. And wildly enough, he brought some of those old vintage cigarettes, and I had like a 1960s Lucky Strike. It was crazy. Oh awesome. my god! And and the yeah. the show was born with Josh and Old Smokey eating history on the History Channel. Basically, exactly. it's tracking down the rarest, strangest, most iconic foods from history, and then you guys, uh, t- you know, you talk about it a little bit, give the history of the product, and then. And then you try this stuff and it, yeah. it, it, I'll tell you, it's addicting to watch on TV. That's for sure. <laughs> and I only made, I've watched every episode and I've, I've only made a partial list, but basically you guys uh, tried 1947 box of Wheaties, yep. uh, 1930s box of Cracker Jacks, Crystal Pepsi, old toothpaste, Pringles, Tootsie <laughs> Rolls, uh, Oreos through history, uh, Billy Beer, Reggie Barr. Nassau space food and what I didn't I didn't know this one there was something actually called Doritos in a can yeah we found that in an estate sale in it was like in Jersey City yeah um but man Doritos are one of those things that I don't care how old they are they're they're gonna hold up well there's something (laughs) magical they put on those Doritos dude it really is when you think about what we're ingesting in a lot of the food just don't think about it just enjoy what it is I was gonna say when you're eating a food that's I don't know 30 40 50 years old and it still tastes good you gotta wonder what Uh kind of chemicals are making this still taste good all these years later but the show I, what I love about the show is so you do the unboxing, which is kind of cool, you know, because everyone yeah. everyone likes to wonder what's in the box. And then <laughs> you pull out the old product and you guys study it and then you give a little history of it. And yeah. then it comes time to uh, to taste it. And oh, my God, I, I, I cringe along with you guys. And uh, 
You know, it blows the whole theory of expiration dates out the window, don't you think? Oh, 100%. You know, when we when I started getting into this, so I have a cousin that my uh, on my dad's side. My dad's side is the bigger collectors, right? Is you know, my uncle has so many different he's got old cola bottles. I had an uncle uh, a great uncle, actually, my grandma's brother, who worked at the state store. Because in Pennsylvania, it's a state store. You know, yeah. you don't, uh, it's a blue state. So when he worked at the state store, Jim Beam would come out with those collector bottles or those collector beer cans from certain breweries. And this was obviously way before microbrew started. And so he collected all that stuff and he kept them closed. Like they kept them sealed. And when he died in like the early 2000s, the whole family kind of went in there and almost had like a draft of old items, right? And my uncle Dan, who's my godfather, got a ton of them. And so he has them all in his house and opens them either on special occasions or whatever. And so when we when I got the show, you know, we opened up a 1950s bottle of RC Cola, which was, you know, which we haven't done on the show yet, which, you know, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, season two, three, four, whatever. Yeah. Um, But, uh, you know. My one cousin, we call him Uncle Garbage. His niece and nephew <laughs> calls him Uncle Garbage. And, and my family's always called me the garbage disposal because at the end of the day, they're like, Josh will eat it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. No worries. And so, um, you know, I, I, my wife will throw away something in the fridge that is one day past expiration. And, yeah. I mean, listen, I went through some lean years. When I graduated college and I was living in New York for a couple of years, two weeks I ate it. I didn't of matter. Course. Leftovers, three. You just it did. And then we proved on the show that that expiration date is clearly just a suggestion. Yeah, I uh, I have that struggle in my house with my wife. You know, the milk's <laughs> two days over the expiration day, and we don't have any <laughs> other milk in the house. And the kids got their cereal in front of them. I'm like that. That's just a suggestion. And then of course <laughs> I'll, I'll taste the milk in front of everyone, and they'll they'll start cringing. I'm like, nope, totally fine. And then I'll pour it for the kids. But every once in a while I'll get something that. Wow, it's really sour and bad. But but in general, I don't believe in expiration dates. I remember a story in the in the newspaper a couple of years back where a store got the bright idea of taking all the uh, expiration date products and sell it separately in in, uh, in stores. I remember reading something about that. I remember um, them, you know, basically saying, "Hey, it's up to you. Right? Like we're not going to take any responsibility for this. Yeah. But there's no point in throwing any of this stuff away. Right. And that. Like if you go to flea markets, because I was, you know, I grew up an antique kid. My parents went antiquing on the weekends when I was younger. Anytime we we're on a road trip, if they saw a flea market or an antique store, we stopped, which as a kid was a disaster. But now that I've been doing this, I'm like, man, those antique stores probably are a wealth of canned foods, like you said, with, you know, because what we miss and what, you know, has kind of gone away over time is those nostalgic old logos and yeah. that's what people look for in those cans right. you know like that 1947 box of wheaties looks nothing like it does today of course and you know i i personally there, there's something about those old magical logos that are very very eye-catching to a lot of people and that's where we need to find those collectors that still have it sealed and we're like listen if you're if you let us open it perfectly and don't damage the can or the box or something. We want to try what's inside, and we'll gladly give you that collector back. Oh, my God. I got so much to talk about because now you just remind me of something else. I I, I just want to back up slightly. I had a beer can sure. collection, and I actually had a Billy beer that was still full. And okay. I never thought all the years of you know collecting uh, beer cans and having that 
in my collection that I would actually open it and try it. And that's the brilliance of this show because as soon as you guys pulled out the Billy beer, someone that's a bit on the older side like myself, I'm like, oh my God, I remember the Billy beer, which was obviously Jimmy Carter's brother had a, uh, yeah. a brewery and they, they came up with this Billy beer. And I had no idea that it's one of the worst tasting beers in the history of beer making. <laughs> so I... When that came out, so, you know, every beer can collector, that is a must-have in a beer can collection, right? Yeah. Um, because think about the facts of the Billy Beer, right? Is the, the Fall City Brewing Company created this Billy Beer because they were struggling a little bit and they wanted, you know, something to explode onto the market. They make this Billy Beer. It legitimately bankrupted the brewery. That's how bad the beer was. The beer was so – I mean, listen, uh, Billy Carter drank PBR. When he got the Billy beer, he went back to PBR. They didn't even taste test it with Billy. Like, if you got a celebrity nowadays, like, yeah. let's just say LeBron James wanted his own beer. Yeah. I guarantee you LeBron James would be in a taste test being like, don't like that. I'll drink that. Yeah. Billy, they were like, nah, it's going to be swill. Good luck. We're yeah. going to sell it. Yeah. And so when we tasted it on the show, I got so many texts from friends' dads right or uncles or whatever and they were like oh that beer was shit in the 70s i can't imagine what it's like now right so a couple things so when i was living in boston uh they had a a titanic display so it was yeah. all the stuff they found did you go to that no i've never been to it but oh, i've heard oh you yeah. heard about it though okay because yeah. it, it yeah. went from city to city for a while the most fascinating part was was the jars of food that mm -hmm. they brought up from the bottom of the ocean. And I remember they had like uh, pickles in a jar and everything else you could pickle. And I'm like, man, I'm looking at stuff that's like over a hundred years old. And it really did look like it was preserved and that you could possibly still eat it. Not thinking at well, the time that you fast forward and you guys would be doing this show. Well, you got to imagine, right? That one of the things that we're always curious about on certain items is how it's stored. Yeah. So, you know, if it's, you know, on those East coast houses back in the day, when they stopped using coal to heat the home, they still had those coal cellars. Right. And everybody just kept food down there because it was natural refrigeration. It was dark. There was nothing that, you know, was really going to be, uh, I mean, maybe it would get damp down there, but for the most part, you could preserve anything you wanted down there. Multiply that by a million. When the, t the Titanic sinks, you're at the bottom of the freezing cold ocean. It's dark. There's nothing that can really, I mean, unless it's broken, other than that, all the pressure of the water and everything is just keeping those things perfectly preserved. That, I mean, let's be honest, that's a dream scenario is you come across like a shipwreck and there's food in there. Yeah. That's like, that's when eating history really hits like, you know, nominate us for an Emmy. We just found the, the mother load. Oh man, someone's got to get you, uh, you know, a jar of pickles from the Titanic for the for your I know, show. Right? That would be amazing. It's a game. That'd be a game changer. <laughs> of I mean, that's course like... It would. <laughs> that's when you need to get Leonardo DiCaprio, James Cameron, and Kate Winslet to come onto the show to try the pickles with us. Right. So yeah. the the unboxing on every episode is awesome, and then it's then Thanks, like yeah. I said, you give the little bit of a history lesson, and then it's time to try the stuff. What goes through your your head when you're about to try <laughs> some of this stuff? The the process of shooting the show uh, was was a ton of fun because obviously. You know, we're kind of creating a show out of one small idea is trying old food, right? You're building the history around it, yeah. uh, you know, but the cornerstone is unboxing this stuff, seeing how it ages over time and if and hopefully that we can eat it and try it. Right. right. So when you're shooting this show, you're going through a lot of the historical information you're doing kind of and you can see the producers and the cameramen in the back 
paying attention. But then as soon as we start to open it, everybody is on their feet. The yeah. PAs are on their feet. Yeah. Everybody that's sort of been like either, I don't want to say not paying attention, but doing their job, the cameramen, the PAs, they're all like, oh my God, look at that. Yeah. They're all so interested in it. So it's this amazing crescendo of, of how we get to that. And then, you know, there is, there is a general anxiety amongst everybody in the room of, I don't know, man, I don't know if you should eat that. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, we have a toxicologist on set. We have a set medic, obviously, but the toxicologist is really the one that comes in sometimes. And he's like, I think you'll be fine. And I was like, do you think, or do you know? Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, and a lot of the times, you know, like you run, you know, obviously the stomach ache is the, the bottom of the barrel. And then when you get to botulism, because botulism is the world's most powerful biotoxin, that's going right. to take you out. Yeah. So like when we opened that Chef Boyardee last week, right? That was that amazing. Most, oh my God. That, that was, that. first of all, that would have killed us without a doubt. Um, second of all, when we wrapped, I got into a legit discussion with our showrunner, Matt, who's amazing. I was like, I should have eaten that cheese. The crowd would have want me to eat that cheese. I'm eating, I would have just licked my thumb, put it in the cheese. And I'm an Italian kid. I guarantee that cheese would have been fine. He's like, I guarantee you some of that meat sauce leaked into that cheese. And if you're going to die from Parmesan cheese on the show, I'm not letting that happen. It's just, <laughs> like if, if you die from a, yeah. you know, a 2000 year old thing that we found in a Creek in the Euphrates river <laughs> right. somehow. Yeah. Right. Great. That's That's how you go out. Great. But I'm not letting you do that on a 1970s box of Chef Boyardee. Well, I saw and that. So, I saw that episode. I just want to jump in quickly and say, you yeah, yeah. You didn't have to eat the cheese. I, it was still an amazing <laughs> episode when you dumped out the Chef Boyardee and uh, everyone came came running onto set. That, that's the thing I wanted to ask you. So, yeah, I thought this was, you know, obviously it's a fun, really fun watch. And yeah. then I'm watching an episode. I don't remember which one, but it was early on. And then next thing you know, you guys are about to try something. And you got the experts basically running on set and basically telling you, don't touch anything. <laughs> and then you pretty much had to have a hazmat team uh, yeah. clean, clean up the area. And then I'm like, oh. wow, there's there's a real serious angle to this show on top of uh, the fun. Yeah, no, you're that, that was one of those days where, you know, we had to put the gloves on and everything because – it's it's like what we're dealing with right now with coronavirus, right? Like if you touch botulism, yeah, and you don't, and you like touch your face, you touch your mouth, yeah, you could you could one die or two get paralyzed. Wow. You could really do some serious damage to yourself. But I will say this about that Chef Boyardee man is the smell of that Chef Boyardee. Now I've never been around like a dead body or a murder scene or anything like that, right? Knock on wood, that's never going to happen, <laughs> right? But right. That smell of that Chef Boyardee, because what, what happened was we opened that Chef Boyardee and I was the first one to hold it and I squeezed it. And when it breathed out, yeah. it breathed right into my nose. And I'm telling you, man, it sits right there on like the oh bridge my of my God. nose. I will never forget that smell. Ever. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting a little queasy just thinking about it. <laughs> So how do you guys decide what you can and can't eat just by having these experts that pretty much give you the, I think you could eat it, or is it a little more, more than that? You know, there's a lot of science that goes in behind it. Um, we had some, we had two amazing toxicologists that, that came on our set yeah. uh, and that have been working in this for a long time. And there was some, you know, there's obviously some scientific tests that they can bring about. Uh, they, from their personal experience, things of that nature, um, there is, you know, we don't show them a lot on screen just because there's, you know, there's only so much time in a 30 minute episode, but there is a lot of calculation behind if we can or can't eat it. 
when we do open it, what we should do, what are the, the, the proper precautions for sure. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not just like you and your brother in the backyard and you found a can of soup from 30 years ago. Like, let's open it and eat it. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, there is there is a, a, a very professional level to it all. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, if it smells bad and it looks terrible and there's a risk to it, we're, we're not going to do it. And it's yeah. so smart not to show those people unless it's like the dramatic thing, like I just discussed a couple of minutes ago, where they run on set like botulism, get away, <laughs> you know. It's so smart. You don't really show what goes behind deciding whether or not you're going to eat it. Uh, I saw the 100%. one episode where you, you you pulled out the the old um, uh, a lead test because you were yeah. drinking canned water that was made for the Korean War, I think. Yeah. Yep. 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 And 60s. So, 60s. And you opened up the water and you guys were going to try the water that was, uh, what, almost 60 years old, I guess. And yeah. uh, you had a little the lead uh, test, a little lead test uh, kit. Mm-hmm. And it turned out there was no lead in the water, even though the can itself looked like there was a problem with the lead. Um, it sure tasted like there was lead in there, but <laughs> even water. There, was, there was no lead. What did yeah. it taste like water from 60 years ago? For me, there's something that doesn't equate of drinking water out of a can. Yeah, it just doesn't. Also, you know, you're adding almost, you know, a 60 plus years to this can of water. And you th- th- we did that slap test, which I don't want to get too graphic, but, you know, it- it's the perfect sound of like slapping an ass when you hit <laughs> the can. That right? boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's got that perfect slap like it's it just that's what it sounds like. Yeah. And if it doesn't sound like that, like we said on the show, you shouldn't drink it. Um, but then you opened it and it was, it was like, it's that smell of the fish tank. You had a goldfish Ugh, as a kid, you got oh it at carnival, yeah. right? You didn't clean the bowl. Your mom kept saying, clean the bowl, clean the bowl, clean the bowl. You finally clean the bowl and some of that water splashed in your mouth or something when you're cleaning the bowl. That's what that tasted like. Wow. And it's safe to say that most of the stuff does not taste good whatsoever. And every once in a while you get some that, uh, is delicious. But with that said, you got to explain every once in a while you'll try something and uh, you both, you and Smokey will, will talk about how your mouth is going numb. What, mm. what is that? Is there science behind that? Yeah. So the mouth numbness for me happened with the Fritos and the Duncan Hines cookie mix. Yeah. Um, that Duncan Hines cookie mix. I, I took too big of a bite. I, I will say that Smokey usually takes a smaller, more calculated bite. And I'm just like, I'll give me half the cookie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's there's certain things that happen with either shortenings, oils, sugars that will make things go rancid, right? The the, the oil, salt is going to be our biggest, you know, natural preservative. And I will say this: those '70s era Pringles were just so salty. You don't realize that over the years. Obviously, we as a population have, have put less and less salt on things as we realize that watching our grandparents die because they've just been ingesting sodium. Yeah. Um, those, those chips were so salty and obviously they were using that salt to, to preserve the food longer. You know, like we said, those expiration dates are kind of a suggestion. Sure. But when those shortenings or those sugars or those oils that are using those food go rancid, it's not going to kill you. It's not, it's not going to kill you. It just, adds for a really, really terrible eating experience. Forget the taste, put that aside. There's a reaction in your mouth. Peanuts do it. It just, it it hits your mouth and it's sort of like, you know when you hit your funny bone? Right. That's what it feels like in your mouth. Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah. It's wild, it's wild. Have you guys had food poisoning from eating this stuff on the show? I mean, I've had food poisoning in my life, obviously, but I we didn't get any food poisoning on the show. <laughs> the funniest story that happened was we, we, we had that, hundred year old cod liver oil right yeah 
and it sort of tasted and they didn't they didn't put this in the show i think because i sometimes when i'm describing how things taste i use um like actual products okay. and they can't use that in the show and i said it kind of tasted like a mix between mouthwash and jägermeister that's what that <laughs> i love it <laughs> that's what that that cod liver oil tasted like yeah and i thought it was going to be way more oily but okay. it wasn't because it was a cordial i mean it was eight percent alcohol you know yeah it says on the bottle recommended dosage for you know back in the day three tablespoons so we smoky and i both did three tablespoons <sighs> for the next 36 hours i couldn't have been more than like 100 to 150 feet away from a toilet wow. i mean i had to be by it and here's the crazy part that was the last segment we shot before we took christmas break yeah so I went back to the hotel. The next day, I had to get on a flight back to Los Angeles from New York. Dude, you know how bad that flight was? Oh, that was a rough flight. God. But it wasn't It wasn't food poisoning. It, it was literally because, you know, they produced that cod liver oil to pr promote healthy digestion, basically right. meaning it was a laxative. Right, right. Um, because a lot of, and a lot of the food that you read on those, you know, like, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s era labels, even into the 50s, most of those labels say promotes in healthy digestion because we weren't eating a lot of fruits and vegetables back then. Jesus. It was a lot of just meats and potatoes, which blocks you up. <laughs> just clogging up everything. <laughs> not, to, not to get too too vivid here, but seriously, you can't all that stuff, yeah. it, it blocks you up. And so all these people, all these companies – were were basically you know it was like a, a moon race it was like the space race to help digestion yeah oh, that and is... that cod liver oil certainly oh, that's funny digestion. you know we just met uh you gave me your food poisoning story you want my best food poisoning story give it to me okay yes. so living on long island you know you, you go to the beach when you weren't working you went to the ocean for the day and you had to pack up everything and we would always yes. go to the deli and get sandwiches and and whatnot so i decided it was the middle of summer. Uh, it was going to be about 100 degrees that day. That's why we decided to go to the ocean. I decide ham and Swiss with mayo and tomato <laughs> and potato salad with lots of mayo was a perfect lunch for the ocean. Okay? Perfect, perfect. So I go to the ocean. We're laying out. My lunch is in a brown paper bag on the side thinking nothing of it. Fast forward an hour or two. It's been in the sun for a while now, and I, and I eat my lunch. It was delicious at the time. Okay? Fast forward, I had to be at my brother's for, for dinner, and he was making homemade crab cakes. Oh, and ooh. all of a sudden, More mayo. Yeah. All of a sudden, before dinner, I feel that first, <laughs> like like a, a squeaky door in the middle of my gut. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I went to the bathroom, and it started off slow. Fast forward, I am not even hanging with my brother who was with his now wife. They were just starting to date and we were kind of getting to know each other. That's why he invited me over for, uh, for dinner. I'm in the bathroom the entire time. Uh, fast forward hours and hours later, I'm still going into the bathroom. And the only th way I could describe this, the food poisoning <laughs> was so bad. I was dry heaving from my butt. Nothing was Ugh. coming out anymore, Ugh. but my butt still was like, no, I think there's more in here. I think there's more in here. And I'm just like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> worst food poisoning of my life because I, because I thought mayo could handle 100 degree weather at, at the at the ocean for a few hours before you eat it. <laughs> You took you you took the uh, you took the initiative. Yeah. Like you took the initiative. Yeah. 
you know, you I think you may have created a term for like dusty butt. Like you're <laughs> yeah, just yeah. firing dust. Oh yeah, I'm just blowing out dust, man. That's that, that <laughs> perfect that perfect description. And then my man, second that, favorite one, I was wearing shorts with uh with boxers on. And oh, no. um, I just met, uh, they were friends of mine. I was meeting his girlfriend for the first time. And I was with my girlfriend at the time. It was in Florida. And it was time to leave. And I was on the stoop saying uh-huh. goodbye. And I thought I could squeak out a fart. And I didn't squeak out a fart. I squeaked out a tiny little nugget that fell out <laughs> of my butt. This is a no true story, way. Josh. Because I'm wearing boxers and shorts. It, it falls oh. straight down. Hits my big toe and rolls across the stoop in front of everybody. No fucking way. <laughs> yes. And then I was I was mortified, but I also knew that I just, you know, released the plug and yeah. I went, oh no. I I, I I was mortified, but I was also like, oh crap, here it comes. And ran <laughs> into the bathroom. Go. And I was in their bathroom for who knows how long. And then I went into the guest room and we were supposed to leave. We had somewhere else to go. And for the next, I, I don't know, like six hours, I was in this bed once again with just miserable food poisoning. But it started with a little nugget falling, hitting my big toe and rolling oh. across the stoop toward these people. <laughs> I mean, somebody somebody has to buy that story from you because that needs to be in an Adam Sandler movie or something. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's really good. I've told that story over the years uh, many times, but um, man, that is incredible. Josh, hold on for a second. I uh, I can't I can't wait to talk about moose nose jelly and the worst thing you ever tasted on eating history. But first, I got to say hi to BetterHelp dot com slash Opie. That's H E L P. BetterHelp dot com slash Opie. Is there something interfering with your happiness? or is preventing you from achieving your goals. Yeah, man, the coronavirus and the shopping is bringing on so much anxiety. Can I touch the tomatoes without getting the corona? I don't know. I can't focus on anything else but produce and how to get it into my house safely. Does that have something to do with BetterHelp? I think it does, right? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You could start communicating in under 24 hours. It's professional counseling done very securely. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. And they're going to give you timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you could schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like traditional therapy. Oh, my God. Who, who's doing that these days? Could you imagine waiting in a waiting room and there's somebody else there and they're not six feet from you? And here comes the anxiety again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is definitely available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com slash Opie. And join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer right now for you. Come on, you know you need to talk to somebody, right? Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Opie. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com slash Opie. You may remember cowboy poet Dalton Wilcox from his appearances on Comedy Bang Bang or his podcasting attempts on the Andy Daly Podcast Pilot Project. 
But after many threats, the city slickers at Earwolf are finally giving Dalton his own podcast, Bananas for Bonanza. Every other week, join Dalton and his friends Mutt Taylor and Amy Sleverson. We're talking Maria Bamford, right? She's a genius. She's nuts and she's a genius. Check it out as they take on watching the beloved classic TV western Bonanza one episode at a time. Now, Bonanza was on the air for 14 years and 430 episodes. So this posse and some special guests have really got their work cut out for them. Plus, on off weeks, you can catch bonus episodes with Dalton and Mutt only on Stitcher Premium. So grab your wooden stake, you know, in case of vampires, and catch Bananas for Bonanza on Earwolf, on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I gotta check this one out. Bananas for Bonanza. All right, let's get back to Josh and eating history on the History Channel. I can relate to you guys just a little bit because when I was um, growing up, you know, I was into kind of doing uh, more like shocking things and getting the attention of people in school because school bored the hell out of me. My my thing was I would reach under the desk and I would feel around and I would feel like gum that was stuck under the desk for Mm -hmm. years. Like I'm talking the, the ones that were almost petrified. And I would peel the thing off, and it would be hard as a rock, no joke. <laughs> and I would wait for the teacher to turn around you know, to the chalkboard or whatever, and then I would get the attention of whoever I could in the classroom, and I would, I would show that I just got it from under the desk, and I would put it in my mouth, and they would all go, oh, my God. And then the teacher would turn around real quick but wouldn't know where it was coming from, and no one was going <laughs> to rat me out because they wanted to see me do it again. And then, it got, and then it got to a point, I didn't want to be known for this, but so I had to like tap out after a while, but people started <laughs> paying me to do it uh, during <laughs> class. They would start hey, that, they, they would start getting up a little collection, nothing crazy, obviously. And then I, I'd yeah, make you're a just quick, an entrepreneur. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. so I'm thinking if you guys need another member for the show, I think I could try some of this stuff. <laughs> I, lo- I love that idea. You're like Buddy the Elf, just yeah. taking all the gum. Oh, my God. Uh, that, I did that way before him. But, way before. Yeah. You're, you're a pioneer of gum eating. Absolutely. I, I appreciate that. I did. You know what I did was um, I, every time I tell the story, people think I'm insane. Yeah. But we used to we used to lay out pixie sticks on like the, you know the cafeteria tray and snort them in like oh the fourth my grade. God, really? Yeah. And that was the dumbest thing of all time. Never put sugar up your nose. Right. It is like, I mean, it, it's it's mind numbing. And I think a teacher caught us again. This was like the fourth grade. This is elementary school, and I can vividly remember the principal being like, "Where did you Where did you get the idea how to do this?" Yeah. And I and I just right out of my mouth said Scarface. And he's like, <laughs> Your parents let you watch Scarface, right. and then my mom and dad, who were both teachers, yeah. were mortified. Oh, just mortified. That yeah. is really funny. I uh, when I was in college, a trend started which was so stupid, and I haven't heard about it since but you know like a, a shot glass obviously so yeah. you turn the shot glass over and there's just a little bit of uh a, a indentation i guess yeah sure. uh, college kids would put vodka or tequila on top of that and snort that from the <laughs> and i i forgot what we call it something something willy or whatever maybe someone could help me out but that was a trend for like the first year or two at college i'm like why are we doing this this is just stupid man <laughs> at least it wasn't butt chugging dude you know what I mean? True, true. I think butt chugging came after me. Thank God. Yeah, Thank God. It came after me too. All right. Wow. 
So uh, eating history on the History Channel, I got to ask you, uh, what product didn't taste old at all? I will say there's like three or four items that we tried that the taste will never leave my mouth. Frito right. is definitely one of them, right? Well, how, old was the, beer. how old was the Frito? Sorry. Frito was from the 70s. Oh, okay. And it's, you know, it's a corn chip. So you figure it's fine because then, you know, about a week and a half later, we got those 70s Pringles. Yeah. And they tasted fine. Right. We, I finished that can of Pringles. That's unbelievable. Um, and then, you know, again, like I said, shockingly enough, that 100 plus year old cod liver oil yeah. held up pretty well. Those, I mean, the Doritos were only about 25 to 30 years old. So. They, they held up great. The Reggie bar, which I didn't try. And like I said in the show, I didn't like the Yankees enough to, to want to try the Reggie bar. <laughs> right. But that the Mario bun that we found in the abandoned village outside of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Was basically the same product. I mean, it's from the same company. It's from Clark bar. They made the Reggie bar. They made the Mario bun. And I remember eating those Mario buns when I was a kid because, you know, Mario Lemieux, I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh. The Mario Lemieux is the biggest deal in, in the history of Pittsburgh sports. You can throw anybody else out there. It's Lemieux and everybody else. Yes. And um, and so that that tasted great back in 93. But I will tell you, in 2020, it did not. Oh, it wow. did not. You know, the weird thing is, is you would think that peanuts kind of hold up over time. They don't. And nor does peanut butter. Right. Um, and I don't. There's some, and like I said, there's some behind those rancid oils and stuff that go into peanuts and peanut butter. But as far as like top of the list items go, the the Pringles tasted fantastic. Man, we've we've uh, the, you know what the other one was the Oreos. I haven't seen that episode yet. It's it's called Oreos Through History, I think. Right. That's tonight. That's oh, tonight. all right, cool. Yes, I, I'm yeah. looking forward to it on the History Channel. Yeah. The Oreo was a really fun experiment because, and I don't want to ruin any history because you'll I think you'll really love the Oreo segment. And that was actually. We shot that in January, right around my birthday. My wife hadn't been to set yet, um, and so she came. She came out, yeah. and she on the second day, she was like, "What are you guys doing today?" And I was like, "Oreos." And she's like, "Oh, this will be fun." Yeah. And as she's kind of going through it, she said to our showrunner, "She's like, she's like, is he always like this excited about trying the old stuff? Because she's seen me try like old beers and liquors and all that kind of stuff." And and our showrunner was like, "Yeah, is he not sure this excitement in front of you?" And she's like, "I think he hides it because I would get too worried, and I don't think I'd be married if I had known right. he was eating all this old stuff." Yeah. But the history behind the actual ingredient shift in Oreos through the years is a, is a really cool story. Um, and so we we try Oreos for the decades. We also go back to uh, the food historian um, Ken Albala, where we tried the peanut butter onion and the jellied moose nose. Yes. We go back to him tonight. Um, and we uh, we try uh, Beaver Tail. Oh my God! I, I was going to mention him. He's he's the creepiest part of the show, believe it or not, because <laughs> he finds stuff that people used to eat a really long time, and then he 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 makes it for you guys. And I haven't really cringed watching you guys taste this stuff for the most part yeah. uh, until you guys tried the moose nose jelly. And I mm-hmm. I wrote it down on my paper here in big letters, <laughs> like I think. That's the most disgusting thing you you guys tried. It was it was so hard to watch. Basically, <laughs> you guys unbox uh, a moose head, and then yeah. he has you cut the nose off that giant nose, and then you boil it down to moose nose jelly. I'm like, oh my god. Yep, I gotta tell you, man, I loved it. <laughs> I thought it tasted great. Yeah, we after you know we we showed us just eating it plain but then when cameras wrapped i put it on toast with like some pickles it was fantastic it was like a pate at a french restaurant just so happened to be moose and the crazy part was there was definitely still fur in there oh my god Um, and the story behind that uh because i do like a a little after show after um on my youtube channel and we kind of talked about it smoky 
doesn't do well with uh, textures. Yeah. And the one thing he said all along since we started making the show is he's not going to eat an eyeball. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, this isn't fear factor. They weren't eating eyeballs. But if we could get like somebody to prove in history that people were eating eyeballs for something, you know, I don't want to start another coronavirus from trying like a cow's eyeball yeah, or something. Kidding, but, right? right. But so we make this, we, we start boiling. First of all, cutting off that nose. I have a picture that I can send you that I will never post online because PETA will literally come to my front doorstep. Oh. Uh, but, I, you know, we had to basically chop off that nose. And then we boiled it for a solid 30 minutes. And when he, it came out, Ken went right in there and just started ripping the fur with his bare hands. He's like, it's not that hot. I was like, it just came out of boiling water. <laughs> of course it's hot. Yeah. Friggin' maniac. Right. So, so we definitely, it was so hot and that we definitely didn't get all that fur off there. So there was still plenty of fur in that moose nose jelly. I got to give away uh, one of the shots. Whoever's filming uh, the show is doing a very good job. Yeah. The moose yeah. nose jelly before you guys ate it, there was like sort of a pan shot of what, uh, you know, you guys were about to eat. And um, you could see what I thought was pretty much moose nose hairs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God. yeah. There's fur in there, man. There yeah. was fur in there for sure. Yeah. But the whole process of, of that moose and that moose nose and everything in between that was a very, very memorable day <clears throat> all around, I think, for everybody on set because, you know, I mean, listen, I grew up in western Pennsylvania. A lot of people hunt. You know, my uncles hunted, whatever. I went deer hunting one time, shot a deer, felt terrible about it. Like, I was I was like Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny, right? <laughs> You're going to shoot the little deer? Yeah. I sh shot the deer, felt right. terrible about right. it, never went hunting again. I see this moose come on. I'm like, oh my god, I'm about to cut a nose off a moose. And I was like, this is this is when you know PETA comes after me. This whole thing, and then you know, as we're like boiling it, it's boiling down, all this kind of stuff. I'm watching this, saying to myself, so this is you know, we're going to eat a moose nose, huh? And as like I it, I wasn't psyching myself out, but like every hour I was like, all right, it's a moose nose, Joe. All right, here we go. And then all of a sudden, again, you know, a lot of these things, they kind of surprise you. I didn't mind it. Nobody else liked it. Not one other person on set liked it. Yeah. That showrunners, cameramen, yeah. nobody liked it. Yeah. Not it was, person. it was gross to watch. That was the one that definitely, <laughs> definitely got to me. And by the way, on my old radio show, we, we tried a lot of weird sh shit uh, over the years sure. and we did try uh, the eyeballs. I think it was sheep eyeballs, I think. Okay. And, and did you cook them or were they raw? Uh, they were kind of boiled. We used to okay. do a bit where we'd, we'd uh, boil just terrible meat products like eyeballs and, you know, yeah. the penis. You have to go, you have to go <laughs> penis if you're going to be a shock jock. And, um, but the eyeballs, man, you would get the crunch in your mouth because of the lens. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and then it would, it would like pop in your mouth and then uh, juice would uh, squirt out. And oh, one, one of my guys, Vic Henley, he, he's like, oh, it's not that bad. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is terrible. But so I thought the moose nose jelly was going to be the worst thing you you tasted on the show uh, eating history, no. which is the you got to tell me what what's the worst thing you've eaten so far. It's like a three way tie. It's the Frito. Crazy enough that I'm telling you that Frito. I, there's this there's a spot in my back left molar. OK. Oh my I don't god. know why, like some kind, some food gets back there. Oh my god, it's called the a Frito. Food, it's called a food pocket. It oh, and it sat there, man. <laughs> yes. And you know how when you're eating Fritos, and by the way, I love Fritos now. I mean, I I'll eat a bag of, of Fritos with 
you know, whatever, you know, football game day, dipping in some buffalo chicken dip. It's fantastic. Of course. Okay? But that Frito sat in my flavor pocket and it's still there, man. I'm telling you, I can I can taste it. And the peanut from the one because it says on the box of Cracker Jack. Yeah. One nut. It just says peanut. It doesn't say peanuts. Yeah. There was there was very little peanuts in there. That same thing sat in my flavor pocket. I thought I was going to lose a tooth when I ate that old peanut. I did. I thought it was going to like rot my tooth out. And that was that, you know, straight to the dentist. And then, you know, obviously the smell of the Chef Boyardee was was brutal. Shockingly enough, that Duncan Hines cookie mix was really, really bad. And and what year was that from? Do you remember offhand? Uh, It was like the it was the first, which was cool about it. Uh, We got it from a collector. It was the first run of that Duncan Hines cookie mix from that factory i think it was in michigan it was 1981 wow that's crazy yeah Yeah. and and what was the best thing probably the pringles probably the pringles yeah um and the oreos coming up tonight were some of my favorites okay uh you know the sweets randomly enough you know sometimes chocolate really holds up well and sometimes it doesn't it's kind of i think all in the process all in the storage yeah uh but whatever you know whatever they're doing with oreos from today through back they're doing it right because okay. those Oreos were just spot on still. Oh, uh, what was the oldest thing? Oldest thing was the hardtack. Yeah. The hardtack. Was... Oh, right. That was one of the <laughs> earlier episodes. What's yeah, the what's hardtack again? It was like kind of a, uh, almost like a cracker. It was used in the Civil War. It goes all the way back to ancient Roman times. It's, I mean, hardtack is what the name would kind of suggest. It's a very, very hard cracker that they have baked over and over and over again to just get every bit of moisture out of it. Yeah. And it's just, it's just plain calories. And the soldiers in the Civil War, I mean, they used hardtack up until World War One. They were, and there's there's these urban legends that the U.S. Army kept hardtack from the Civil War, and was giving it to soldiers in the Mexican-American War. Yeah. In in World War One, because they had so much of it, and it never goes bad. It won't ever kill you. It just starts, and it tastes it tasted terrible then. It tasted terrible now. Um, and it just dries out your mouth. Like we were talking about mouth numbness. The heart attack just dries out your mouth immediately. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah. The The yeah. other part of the show is when you do find um, the iconic foods, like we mentioned yes. the Reggie Bar and the Mario Lemieux, Lemieux thing. Um, yeah. That's that's exciting. Like you guys uh, dragged out a, a Crystal Pepsi, which sure. was a major bust. Because yeah. because people needed their, their, their sodas to be on the dark side, their Pepsis and their Cokes. It's a, it's, I think it's a visual thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, do you remember the crystal gravy SNL sketch? Do you remember that? I do not offhand. No. So they had that, you know, right when the crystal Pepsi thing came out, they did like a crystal gravy. And I think it was just so much that people were so used to it being a dark color that when they tasted crystal Pepsi and it tasted like Pepsi, they couldn't get past the (laughs) optical illusion. Right. But let's be honest. It wasn't very good either. It wasn't, it didn't have the same Pepsi taste um and you know as part of that the cola wars and everything i mean you got to imagine they sunk something like three or four hundred million dollars into crystal pepsi and it was gone after 18 months unbelievable someone got fired over that huh oh yeah you think um (laughs) what was the weirdest uh product you found i i found it fascinating when you guys pulled out the 1985 harley davidson wine coolers that That, was i had no idea that harley davidson was trying to make wine coolers was that right? was that one of the strangers uh, strangest things you guys found, or was there something that it was better? Very than that? strange and not very good at all. Yeah, you know, wine wine obviously does well over time. Wine coolers not so much. Right. Um, the the 
you know, it doesn't it doesn't equate that Harley Davidson people want wine coolers. But then you got to imagine there's always like some kind of hot girl on the back of a motorcycle, or, you know, of of a, of a Harley Davidson guy or a Hell's Angel that maybe she wants. And I don't want to like gender, you know, whatever. I'm sure I would have loved a Bartles and James back in the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody's loving White Claws. I enjoy a White Claw. I like um, the White Claws. When you were talking about some of the worst things we tried, oh man, and the floaties that were in there. Oh my god, that was a scene. Yeah, yeah, but I love seeing the iconic foods because yeah, me too. You you forget and you're like, oh my god, wow, that's so cool. I haven't thought of that in you know many many years. The show is really a lot of fun on on many levels. Uh, You and uh, Old Smokey do a great job there, Josh. I appreciate um, that, man. Thank I, you very much. I think there was one other thing I just wanted to ask you about. Oh, the cl- uh, the people that have the collections. Were, yeah, we talked about this a lot earlier. And yeah. you went to that old couple's house. I hope you don't know him personally because I found him a little uh, a little on the strange side. <laughs> uh, I think when your whole trailer – they lived in a trailer park outside Lansing, Michigan. I think when your whole trailer is liter- literally everything Campbell's soup. Yeah. You know, there you have there's, – there's a – there's something up there. There's okay, good. You're with me on this because I was like, right. I don't know how I bring this up, but you walked into their house and I was like, man, I bet you they're serial killers. <laughs> Every single item in their house had the Campbell's Soup uh, logo on it. Everything. Every. Every collectible you could think of. And you wanted to go there and try something really cool. And the guy was so like uh, nervous and freaked out. You're like, uh, hey, can we try this? And he's like, no, no, no. And then he, he he pushed it to some of the stuff he didn't care as much about that you could try. Yeah, you know, I was a super, super bummer because he had so much different stuff. I wanted to try that Campbell's ketchup because, um, you know, one of the things they that, you know, again, we, we find a lot of different stuff and we've shot a ton of different stuff that may or may not make the show and i don't want to spoil anything just because i know there's webisodes coming out yeah it's coming out internationally all this kind of stuff so but we found some stuff other stuff at that old village in pittsburgh that we didn't try and one of them was a really old bottle of heinz ketchup and for me a kid from pittsburgh i wanted to try that heinz ketchup but you know maybe for a later season uh we'll see but i wanted to try that campbell's ketchup because one it doesn't exist anymore two you it's rare you find a really old bottle of ketchup because what do we do with ketchup? We eat it immediately. Oh like my God, a ketchup yeah. doesn't sit around. No. Right. Wanted to try that Campbell's ketchup. He totally shot me down. And I, I it took a lot for me to not shut down cameras right there and be like, yo, we need to try this. Yeah. Like, this is, this is the show. Yeah. Cause we, I mean, we did try that, um, that Campbell's soup that was freeze dried. It was, you know, 60 plus years old and it was delicious. There's nothing, there was nothing wrong with it, but freeze drying food. I mean, again, like the NASA potatoes, you freeze dry a food, you could keep that thing in the sun for like the next 30 years and open it and it's fine. Yeah. It's freeze dried. That's why they did it. That's why, you know, we, we have so many freeze dried foods and military rations, wherever you go, the freeze dried food. Again, it wasn't like anticlimactic. I was really excited that that soup tasted great. I would have been way more shocked if it didn't taste great. I know you wanted to try to catch it badly, but then you're like, oh my God, these people are creepy. <laughs> so, you, <laughs> so you start focusing on, oh, look how nervous this guy's getting. He, he's not going to give up his you know, bottle of, uh, of ketchup. Yeah. He's a... <laughs> And I will say this, dude. Yeah, you're not you're not the first person to say, "Oh, are those people like like yeah, it's it the scene." Yeah. There was they had which we didn't show on the show, obviously, because I don't want like Annabelle creation coming after me. But they had so many old Campbell's kids dolls right. that really looked like they were haunted. Oh and my as, god! As somebody who is terrified of horror movies, I mean, yeah. utterly terrified of horror movies. Yeah. The, somebody pointed out those dolls to me. Thank God, like with like an hour left of shooting. Had I known they were there that whole shoot. 
Right. No way. Oh my no god. Way. Yeah. Well, it was a scene. Yeah, the show is unbelievable. We didn't even get into the NASA uh, space food you guys you guys tried yeah. on the space shuttle and you you guys got to get a second season, right? Uh, I would hope so, man. I think that everybody's really enjoying the show. I know ratings uh, keep increasing, and me doing shows like this uh, can only help. So thank you so much for having me on, man. I've uh, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. Oh, I wow, Josh. I want you to know that. Yeah, that that's yeah. very cool to hear. I, I yeah. got to thank my brother, but it's one of those shows. It's so unique and so different that I can't imagine that they're not going to you know continue for a while. I would hope so. I mean, there's so many. I mean, let's be honest. There, there are endless items out there. Uh, there, I think there's endless collectors and there's endless opportunities. Again, we're only scratching the surface here in the United States. We go international, you know. Um, I think uh, we can only grow and get crazier and bigger and and see where this takes us. Right on. And what's your YouTube channel? Because now I'm going to be hooked on that. Yeah, uh, the the Josh Makuga show is my YouTube channel's name. Right after the West Coast airing of um, of Eating History, I get Smokey because he's Smokey's in West Virginia, uh, so he's a few hours. obviously ahead of me and then uh, a couple of my comedian friends here in LA Mark Ellis and Ken Knapsack we do a little after show we've had the showrunner Matt on a couple times uh, to talk about it and uh, it's just like a cool little you know a little behind the scenes thing because I mean those items that we're shooting we're shooting for like three and four hours and you're only seeing them boil down to about three and a half minutes so there's so much other stuff that we can talk about and I know history is coming out with some webisodes that you're gonna have to check out on their YouTube channel so yeah it's a lot of fun Oh, man, let's keep in touch. I, I'm really a, a big fan of the show there, Josh. Oh, dude, thank you, man. I'd love to anytime. How, how's the coronavirus treating you? You guys all right out there? Yeah, we're okay. You know, um, they, uh, me and the missus have been, um, uh, you know, staying inside and doing our part and, you know, going to the store when we when we absolutely have to. Uh, uh, how horrifying but, is that? That's more horrifying than eating some old food. <laughs> it is scary going to the oh store, God, man. It's I scary. hate it. I got to go today. I'm like, no. Uh, masks and gloves and lines. And I mean, it, we are in like a police state right now. It's yeah. crazy. And then you got yeah. the people that don't think it's really that real. And so they're like not wearing their face mask and their gloves. And you're like, come on, just respect that. I'm scared shitless of this thing, please. I, I'm scared shitless. And I'm also, you know, my parents are in Pittsburgh yeah. and I'm, I'm scared shitless. There was that silly protest in Harrisburg. Yeah. I'm scared shitless that somebody from that protest comes back into my parents' neighborhood. My mom bumps into one of them at the store. And then, you know, who of knows? Of course. Uh, it's just, it's absolutely terrifying, man. I'm with you. I do understand it. we got to open up, you know, parts of the country. I understand that. But sure. We're in the epicenter here in New York. Uh, yeah. I mean, I escaped New York a while ago. I'm out on Long Island, thank God. Okay. But uh, yeah. New York City, they're not going to open that up anytime soon. there's too many people too many so yeah all right hey josh this was a real pleasure i really enjoyed this oh man pleasure all on this side dude really appreciate it and uh we'll do it again all right uh once again i would love to eating history on the history channel with josh and old spooky Boo, boo, boo.